Hello, this is Ben Thompson, doctor of audiology and tinnitus specialist. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This audio is a recording from my YouTube channel, Ben Thompson AUD. I hope you find the information you need and I hope you enjoy the episode. So let me first say I'm happy to be here for this tinnitus support group meeting in the nation's capital region in the Washington, D.C., greater D.C. area. Uh, spent some time there myself, so I appreciate being here as your guest. And my name is Dr. Ben Thompson. I am an audiologist who's been practicing audiology for about six years now. And I decided to specialize in tinnitus. One of the big reasons that I decided to do so is because I appreciated how I, as a professional, was able to be very closely involved with the process and the journey of going from bothersome tinnitus to manageable tinnitus to I'm living with this condition and I'm feeling much better. I studied at a major hospital and school in San Francisco, California, and I completed an audiology residency at the major hospital there. There was a specific appointment where a patient had traveled four hours from Lake Tahoe in the mountains of California to see me for a, a tinnitus consultation. And we reviewed their history, test results, audiology, knowledge, and I provided counseling and education and help to this patient and support explaining what was happening, what was the cause, what she could do about it. And she left that appointment very satisfied, very relieved. And at that moment, uh, I knew that there was something there was something wrong with the medical system, that someone had to drive four hours away to get help for tinnitus, which is a very common condition. And that was part of the inspiration that led me to create a telehealth company, which was originally called Pure Tinnitus, which launched from a YouTube channel at the beginning of 2020, just as COVID was uh, starting. And eventually, uh, in December 2021, the company name changed to Treble Health. And today, we have an in-house team of seven audiologists really trying to push the limits of what's possible with the best practices for tinnitus care. And we work via telehealth for that. What we've found over time of bringing in talented audiologists into our group and having discussions and learning is that this process of managing tinnitus is possible. And for a vast majority of people, it's possible and it happens. So whether you're watching this and being here live, if you've had tinnitus for one week, one year, or, or, or five or five or more years, you're here because there are techniques, there are tools, there are tricks that can help. And that's part of what I'm here to answer and, and be a part of the community here that helps us find solutions that are based in science and that do work for most people. So I'm happy to be here today. And I've done a lot of this kind of work of education, being involved in the tinnitus community. And I feel that I know a lot of what you all are going through. And I know a lot of what happens uh, in these support groups as I've run one myself for the last two years monthly. So, you know, first one of the one of the big things that's worth addressing here is that um, a lot of the medical community overlooks the the experience of dealing with bothersome tinnitus and i have some tinnitus i do not have a, a very bad case of tinnitus and i never did thankfully but i have empathy and understand from experience of what it's like to go through this day by day week by week so the typical journey of uh, people who seek our help and people we interact with in, in the tinnitus community is for 
the it's either out of nowhere or related to a medical condition, this ringing, hissing, or electrical noise comes up and becomes constant. And then there's a period of a few weeks to a few months of anxiety, stress, insomnia, going to multiple doctors who don't provide a path forward. And oftentimes people are in a state of despair with that. Now, there's something wrong with the medical system, the, the, the modern doctor network where the education is lacking. And you know, I'm doing my part to help with that. But I just wanted to address that if you've been to other doctors who've been cold or haven't provided a good solution, that it's not your fault, not necessarily their fault, but there's definitely room for improvement and education, learning, sharing knowledge, building community is a big part of that. I have prepared some information of some notes that I've taken over the years from different mentors that I've studied with um, at the major hospital in San Francisco, UCSF, as well as studying with Paul Jastrovoff, who is a founder of 10 Industry Training Therapy. And let me just share some of these tips and why I think they're relevant uh, to, to most cases of tinnitus. So when someone develops bothersome tinnitus, they go online and they look for answers. Well, probably the main thing that I want to share is that for most cases of tinnitus, having coaching support and around neuroplasticity, around habituation, how the brain can over time defocus and learn to retrain and condition itself in a positive way, how that happens, that's real. That's the best treatment for tinnitus in 2022. It's not a fast process and it's not an easy process, but that is the best way, in my opinion, studying research, being in the professional community. So habituation, neuroplasticity, changing the way tinnitus is operating in the brain. That is the goal. Everything that I'm going to talk about, everything that a good audiologist who specializes in tinnitus will be to promote that effect. The second big piece that works for most people that we help is consistent, comprehensive sound therapy during your habituation period using sounds like white noise, pink noise, natural water sounds consistently, although it may seem simple, is one of your strongest tools. And that is something to take really seriously. There's different technologies about how to use that. There's different ways to provide sound. Hearing aid, tinnitus maskers on the ears, those are the best you can. Otherwise, bone conduction headphones, sound machine coming from the room that you're in, those are all options. And we can go into more details of that in the question and answer session later. An additional third tool that I see helping most people who try it is meditation. One of the one of the pieces of treating tinnitus and improving and habituating and getting to the point where you can manage this and it's no longer bothersome and it's less in most cases. One of the tools that helps most people who try is meditation, focusing on breathing, slowing down, mindful breaths in and out of your nose, feeling your stomach rising and falling. You can do that in moments of panic, stress, anxiety, in moments of insomnia. Absolutely, you can respond with that kind of practice technique. You can also do it consistently as a proactive method of calming down the mind, 
because part of why tinnitus is so loud and intense is the mind and the limbic system and the brain's reaction to it. There's no doubt. It's been studied, it's been known in our community here. So if you were asking, what should I do for my tinnitus? Some combination of those three things is going to help over 90% of people who have bothersome tinnitus. I'm pretty sure of that by this point. And again, those are having one-on-one guidance and coaching by a tinnitus specialized audiologist, having a comprehensive sound therapy plan and taking the mental health, meditation, mindful breathing. Seriously, none of those are overnight fixes and they all require your work. But from what we've seen with our patients, those who do the work are often those who see the progress. That said, everyone naturally has a has natural habituation. The brain naturally wants to get better when the brain is shown that the signal or the sound, the ringing, the hissing, the electrical noise of tinnitus in your ears, in your brain, wherever it's coming from. When your brain is shown through repetition that it's not actually a threat and it's not actually a signal of danger or something that's going to hurt, harm, or kill us, then the emotional piece of the brain, those brain neurons that are either activated or calm, they chill out a bit. They reduce, they calm down. So when we consistently do that over time, not reacting, training our brain differently, that helps facilitate this natural habituation process. I want to say that we're all hoping for research of a cure for research towards different treatments. And there's many scientists who are working really hard on that, but don't wait for that. And don't put off these management treatment therapies that you can do now uh, just to wait for that, which may come in my lifetime. And I hope it does, but there's nothing that's so promising that I hold off treating or going through a therapy for tinnitus right now. A major point to address here is that when someone goes looking for tinnitus help, sometimes the question becomes, okay, I see there's different approaches to this. There seems to be psychologists who are helping patients with tinnitus. There also seems to be audiologists who are helping patients with tinnitus. My ENT wasn't that helpful. I don't know which one should I choose? What should I do? And I empathize with that state of overwhelm and confusion. Our team at Treble Health, we're recently improving our protocols so that all of our audiologists are giving the best possible care and information to our patients. And even our audiologists were a bit overwhelmed with just the the mass amounts of information available about tinnitus. I remember when I was in, uh, in graduate school, we had a textbook, which was about three inches tall, and it was a textbook of tinnitus. And it was, it was, it was packed. There were so many chapters and so many nuances and details about tinnitus that it, if, if doctors are having trouble with all the information, then it's even harder for someone who just, who never heard of it or doesn't have it before and suddenly gets it. So I, I get it. Um, focus on the fundamentals and you're likely to get better with time. So should you proceed with working with a psychologist? Should you proceed with working with an audiologist? It's a good question. Essentially, it's asking what's the driver of tinnitus? Is it 
is it in my is it mental is it psychological is it the brain and the emotional brain's reaction or is it the auditory system and am i do i need sound to treat this do i need sound to help this so this again boils down to the question some people might ask of should i should i do cbt therapy cognitive behavioral therapy should i do cbt or should I do tinnitus retraining or work with a tinnitus specialized audiologist? What should I do? The answer is you should do both. You should focus on the emotional, psychological factors of tinnitus, the mental, emotional, psychological, daily struggle and challenges that come with living with this condition and going through a tough period. Yes, you should absolutely focus on that working with a professional, either a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a coach, a good audiologist who can perform CBT techniques, cognitive behavioral techniques geared towards tinnitus, right? You should do that and you should use sound therapy. In my opinion, you should do both. It's not an A or B thing. And I know that was asked here in the chat earlier um, where John had asked, what's the difference between CBT and TRT? Well, CBT focuses purely on the psychology of it, emotions, thoughts, et cetera, reactions, whereas TRT focuses somewhat on that and also provides a comprehensive sound therapy plan. Uh, a good professional intendant should be able to provide both in a fairly comprehensive manner, but an audiologist will never be an expert of the, the mind as much as a psychologist. The psychologist will never be an expert of sound therapy, hearing aids, and tinnitus as much as an audiologist. That's just the way it is. Um, so yes, do both and take both elements seriously. The emotional, psycho psychological element and the sound therapy, the audiology side of it. So when you can get a new frame of reference on tinnitus and understand that the mechanism of how it started can be taken under control through your actions and behaviors, then it can demystify tinnitus and show your brain that this is not a threat. This is not going to kill you. This is not even going to harm you really. It's quite annoying and it's not fun and it's not pleasant to live with, but it's manageable learning the mechanism, the relationship between the ear, the brain, the hearing nerve, that's a big part of it. When you get better, your brain is habituating and reducing the signal more. So that aims to, a good treatment aims to remove tinnitus as a problem. So the perception of the sound is okay. I hear my tinnitus in quiet places. I'm sure you do too. That perception of it is okay. It's not harmful. It's you know, maybe we wouldn't choose we wouldn't choose it, of course, but it's okay and manageable. But we can remove tinnitus as a problem. Then we start to rewire the brain and things start to open up a bit. So can we reclassify tinnitus into the category of a neutral stimulus? You can through one-on-one -on -one coaching, counseling. Yes, you can. Can we decrease the strength of the brain activity in the auditory brain? Yes, you can decrease those neurons and their strength 
settle the neurons in the auditory brain through sound therapy. So that's how you habituate reclassifying tinnitus as neutral with that's more psychological, right? And decreasing the strength of the auditory tinnitus in the brain. And that's where the sound therapy comes in. I'm going to continue for five or 10 more minutes and then we'll open it up to question and answer. So the awareness of tinnitus is okay. The negative reaction to it is not. Habituation is defined as awareness, but not react, not reacting. So being to be aware of something, but not reacting to it. The best example, the most extreme example of habituation to a sound is the sound of your breathing. So just stop for a second, take an inhale and exhale, normal, normal rate through your nose, out of your nose. You know, raise your hand if you heard your own, your own breathing. I did. In fact, if you listen for it, you can hear your own breathing every second of the day if you were that focused on it. But your brain knows that sound doesn't matter. That's a neutral sound. It, if, you had, if your brain was trying to process all the stimulus that was happening at the same time, it would be overwhelming. So there's uh, an evolutionary you know, element of this where the brain learns, do not bring those neutral stimulus into the everyday perception. I am very habituated to the sound of my own breathing because I never hear it unless someone asks me to, but it's always there. The sound doesn't go away. That's an example of habituation and your brain can do something similar for tinnitus. Now, if you improved your tinnitus 20%, 40%, 60%, 80%, that's a win. And for some people who are improving their tinnitus 60, 80% over, over a period of months to sometimes over a year, they say things like, well, I don't necessarily need a cure because this is good enough. Now, to me, that sounds like a win and something that you know, I'm really proud of being a part of. So, so managing expectations with this is really important too. Um, and when we talk about habituation, how do you, how do you quantify that? How, uh, what is habituation? How do I know if I'm habituated? The way that my mentor taught me, Dr. Jastrovoff, is that when the perception of tinnitus during your waking hours, how much of your day are you aware of tinnitus? When that percentage is less than 20%, it's considered habituation on a clinical level. So if I ask you, you know, in the average day in the past two weeks, what percentage of time are you aware of your tinnitus? You may say 30%, you may say 50%. If you're really in an urgent care phase of this, you may say 80% or 90%. Eventually, when you reach the habituation stage, you'll say less than 20%. In which case, the sound doesn't necessarily need to get softer, although it often does. But when your tinnitus is below that 20%, then you're able to live your normal life despite having this unpleasant sound that mainly peaks its ugly head up during quiet hours or places when it's quiet or you're not very mentally stimulated. 
So there's natural habituation, which is often slow and scattered. That means you, you don't try to do anything. You might be going online, trying to fix this yourself, trying things like herbal supplements. Your doctor told you there's nothing you can do. Kind of hit a road, a dead end or a roadblock trying to just figure this out yourself. That's kind of slow and scattered, but you can still habituate to some degree and you're likely to do it even in that sense. Um, the induced habituation is faster, safer, and directed. Induced habituation means things like you're working with a therapist or a coach, you're working with an audiologist, you're, you, you're going through a plan for comprehensive sound therapy, you're focused on promoting habituation. That's typically faster, safer, and directed. There's a few last points I have for this talk. And again, I'm really grateful to be invited here. When tinnitus gets better and you habituate, or you even perceive the loudness much less, for example, when, when we ask patients, how loud is your tinnitus from one to 10? They might say it's a seven, it's a six, it's an eight. After six months, after 12 months, they may say after 18 months, again, it varies on the individual. They may say things like, my tinnitus is a two. My tinnitus is a three. I can manage it now. That's a win. That's a big win. Now, a question that we have in the scientific community is, did the loudness of tinnitus really change in the brain level? If we were to measure the brain's activity in the auditory cortex, would it be any less? Well, my mentor, Dr. Jasterboff, and a lot of the professional community mainly follows the idea that tinnitus is perceived as softer through emotion, reaction, attitude, more so than it is actually uh, less neuron, neurons activity in the auditory brain. So it shows you that this emotional brain, the limbic system, which is what it's called, is one of the most important factors for habituation. So we do want flow, gradual changes. That's a sign things are progressing well with habituation and with treating tinnitus. Uh, if you're Applying the methods properly, your tinnitus cannot get worse on a bit on a macro level. But of course, there's micro fluctuations. You'll have a bad day. You'll have a good day. You'll have you'll have a spike for a few hours. You might wake up in the morning. Your tinnitus is louder. You might take a nap, and your tinnitus is louder after you take a nap. Um, those are common things that we hear. And your tinnitus is louder after working a long day, and you don't have much energy. So those things can happen, but that's okay. That's part of the, the macro trend of you're improving, even though day-to-day -day things can be jumpy. So with that, I will say that think of your system like a tea kettle. And if you put a tea kettle on the stove and you turn on the flame, eventually so much pressure and heat and energy will build in that tea kettle that it will release a loud high-pitched whistle or a steam or ringing. And stress, which can manifest in many ways, personal, family, professional, work, COVID, elections, 
politics, many things, stress on your body and your brain is similar to turning up the heat. What happens when you turn up the heat? The tea kettle will build pressure. It will build heat and it will have a loud whistle. Similarly, stress will increase tinnitus. That's very known and we know that. So for tinnitus, we can't go in into your head and turn it down. We would if we could. But we can turn down the heat. And that's where the, the mindful breathing, the holistic approach to wellness, having support, helping anxiety and stress through this process, it turns down the heat. And we all know if we're cooking and the tea kettle's blaring and whistling, if we can't move the tea kettle, but we turn down the heat, then eventually that whistle will, will get softer and it will calm down. And that's my message to you. And thank you for listening um, and being here uh, for this support group guest presentation. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about what my team does, you can find us online by searching for Treble Health. And my name is Dr. Ben Thompson, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's my mission to share high quality information about tinnitus and hearing conditions. It would mean the world to me if you could take just 60 seconds to go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a quick review explaining what you learned on this podcast. Thank you so much for considering that and I'll make sure to see you on the next episode.